0: hey
1: how's it going champagne sharks hope everyone's doing well just wanted to uh, do some quick house cleaning let people know go to champagne sharks.com and you get access to all the links related to champagne sharks you can go there and find it all and you can find where we are on social media our products all that stuff also patreon benefits which includes discord server book club night movie night discussions show notes newsletter and most importantly bonus episodes so definitely become a patron for five dollars a month at patreon.com forward slash champagne sharks and without further ado here is the episode take care hey what's going on uh usual stuff uh you know all's in the intro but i guess the easiest way to put it is go to champagnesharks.com and that's all the links you need also uh we have a wish list on amazon so you know check that out if anybody wants to help me get her computer you know that's <laughs> definitely a way you can uh, support yeah but on champagnesharks.com one of the things you'll find is a wish list so definitely definitely check that out but yeah, I was talking here with Ken waiting for the other people to show up and uh, the conversation was so interesting. I was like, maybe we should just start recording, especially since we're you know uh, pressed for time. So yeah, yeah but we, we were talking about how fast America gets over things and 9-11 and you know, uh, how long is this COVID trauma going to stay in people's heads? And I, I was telling Ken, like, I agree with him that America gets over stuff fast, but I think the difference between this and 9-11 is that 9 11 to a lot of people was just uh, an image on a screen. So at the end of the day, it could have been like it might as well have been a million miles away. You know where as as in here, everybody kind of lived through COVID uh, firsthand. You
2: know, and you're right because I remember I can still remember the day 9 11 happened. um, And I have I had some friends that lived in New York, and I couldn't get anybody on the phone. The phone lines were fucked. You know what I'm saying? So it was like. I turned on the TV and it was almost like I thought it was a movie cuz that this is you got to remember this was 20 years ago so back then I used to drink I used to you all know, do all kind of crazy stuff yeah. so the the night before I got really really drunk I was tore up and the next day I turned on the TV and I thought for sure that it was a movie and I was like man I'm tripping so I kept changing the channel but it was the same shit so I was like oh wait this is real so but it still seemed like something that wasn't it seemed local, like if you was in New York or New Jersey or Philly or Boston, it was local there. But for us, it was like, okay, that's over there. Compared to COVID, it's like everybody's dealing with And I was just telling T, like here in Oregon and specifically Portland, Multnomah County, um, they're saying that by July 7th, we won't have to wear masks anymore because we're going to have at least 70% of, adult, of adults have been vaccinated or at least have one shot of the COVID vaccine. And it's like, even at that point, it's still going to take people some time To get it through their heads that it's okay to go to the blazer game or go to uh we have a lot of festivals out here in the summertime like music music festivals so it's going to be okay to go to a music festival people are going to go but it's still going to be kind of weird you're going to see people there with masks on you know what i'm saying even vaccinated people but it's it's still going to take a minute to for people to say okay it's over and honestly i was telling t uh before we started recording that um like when you look at the local news here in portland like They talk about COVID, but nowhere near as much as they did six months ago. So it's like it's not a blip on the radar or anything like that. But it's just like they talk about it. They talk about, you know, progress and vaccinations. And then they move on to, you know, Miss Mary Sue that has some flowers that were, you know, blooming out in Beaverton. And that's the end of it, you know.
1: I think people are itching for it to be back to normal as well. So I think that's another thing that's happening is uh, they're going to. Make everything seem normal, hell or high water, whether people yeah. in their hearts are Whether really, it's true
2: or not. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. So I feel like a lot of pe- regular people are feeling that pressure, too, because now they're starting to, like, uh, over here, mask shame people. Like, if you're still wearing a mask... Oh, really? And I, I understand some people, even if... Um, They got the vaccine. They might be like, you know what? Those variants are out there. Fuck that or whatever. And, like, a lot of people are like... It's becoming a new social shaming. Like, you're supposed to take your mask off now. There's even doing articles in The Atlantic and different places about, you know, like, these people. And they're making weird justifications for it. Like, they're saying, oh, if people keep wearing masks, then it's going to convince other people that vaccines don't work and it's going yeah. to hurt the vaccination rate. And I'm like, get out of here. You just,
2: that's the, the and that's when people that are, yeah. are allowed to write for publications need to <laughs> not be allowed to write for publications. Yeah, and you it, know, the thing about it is that exactly. out here, like you'll, net, that's one thing about Portland. And uh, I really can't speak for the whole state of Oregon, but Portland in particular, that would never happen out here. Like, people are wearing masks regardless.
1: Yeah, and, and if they want to wear a mask, let them wear a mask. No one's making you uh, not wear a mask. Just, yeah, just, yeah. Just keep, just keep wearing, just take off a mask if you want. Like, you know, but yeah. And also, I think it's just a dumb excuse. Like, why would people continue wearing to wear a mask? make people stop getting the vaccine. I think if yeah. anything, people not wearing masks will make people think, oh, it's all over. I don't yeah. need a vaccine. Like, well, if you just... You know, yeah. part of
2: that is, part of that is probably, you know, because we're so socialized through social media. That's the reason yeah. why they're doing that. You know what I'm saying? So they're putting all these... um these little, you know, fake narratives, fake narratives inside people's heads to make you yeah. believe that, oh yeah, well, if you're gonna do this, then that means this, and they know that people don't watch the regular news; they watch social media, so they start believing what some idiot that writes for the Atlantic. Because I mean, you gotta think about it. T, you know this, and you've show- you've showed us plenty of articles. For every article that's dumb like that, we or or one that might be kind of intelligent. Yeah. Some, if you look at the group of people that write for the Atlanta. You be like, man, this is a bunch of dumb motherfuckers. Like at the end of the day, so why should I listen to this article when the other ninety percent of them are a bunch of just nonsense?
1: Yeah, and uh, some other people joined in, so I want to give them a chance to uh, say hello. Well, we hit the ground running since we were like pressed for time and stuff, so I thought it'd be good to just start recording. But I heard some uh, someone else enter the room. Yeah. Uh, hey, what's up, Vita?
3: Hey, I didn't even see that you had sent the email to like literally like a, a minute ago, and I was like, oh shit. <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh yeah, it's all it's all good. It's all good. Yeah, yeah. So uh, what did you guys just, talk about? Uh, we were just talking about COVID and and mass shaming. Like like it's become I feel like liberals have become the new uh, anti vaxxers. Like they're sh- they are. Not not not, not anti vaxxers, anti maskers. Like anti maskers, yeah. Yeah, they've been shaming people who want to keep wearing masks. Why? Uh despite being uh and I just think it's like just general white nosiness, but they don't want to say so. Well, that's exactly
2: what it is. Yeah. That's exactly
1: what it is. Because I'm one of those people, I've been taking off my mask different places and stuff, or especially when I'm outdoors, but I would never shame someone else for not doing the same thing. Like, what does it matter to me if they leave their mask on or not? But yeah, it's the new talking point now of like how people who are leaving their mask on are somehow hurting hurting it for everyone and i was telling kenny one of the fake narratives i've seen i think the real reason is i'm nosy i want things back to normal it's the same impulse that makes white people obsessed with how your lawn looks in the suburbs even if it's not the uh... lawn. like it's that type of thing to me where i don't want to wear a mask so everybody should not have to wear a mask you know to make me feel good so, but they want to lie and not say it. that's the real reason so i saw all these people online saying stuff like well if people stop wearing masks, if people keep wearing masks, then it's going to convince other people that the vaccine doesn't work, you know, because it's still wearing the mask and it's going to hurt vaccine adoption rates. And I'm like, come on. Anybody who's that easy to sway out of taking the vaccine wouldn't seriously... Gonna take the vaccine anyway. We're never gonna just, take it anyway. You
4: gotta understand, like, how long does it take for messaging to sink in? Like, you you've gone for over a year being told mask up, mask up, mask up, mask up, and then all of a sudden, in a month, you expect people to be like, okay, let me take the mask off.
3: Right. Exactly. You've already made a habit of it. On top of that, you scared so many people. They don't like. You still don't know if you can pass it or not, even if you got the vaccine. Like you. Right. <laughs> like, that's still not even 100% clear if you can still pass it. So, people are going to wear their mask. On top of that, just because you defended from coronavirus don't mean that people aren't still nervous about other viruses. They didn't make everybody germaphobes around here. Yeah, Basically,
1: maybe yeah. some people Maybe some people just like it now. Like, I mean, think about it. I don't know anybody that got the flu in the longest time. Oh, right. Duels.
2: You know, it's, it's funny you said that because, um, man. So, I was looking at this uh, article and uh, watching the actual local news and they were talking about how... Uh, because people have been wearing masks so much and because of so much attention to COVID, like they don't have the... I, I don't know how they do this because I'm not a doctor, so I, I can't tell you this, but they don't have the, the parts to put together the flu vaccine.
1: Oh, because you know what it is? I think they have to take uh, antibodies from people and stuff, so I think... I, I could be wrong. Let me not say that. Oh, so they didn't science, have the but...
3: antibodies for people who have been sick in order to create the vaccine for the flu virus. For the flu.
1: Exactly. Be- because no one's been sick with it. <laughs> yeah. And they said the ho- hospital,
2: uh, hospital rates have been like 0.01%, some weird number of crazy shit. Is- and I was like, damn, so did they eradicate the flu unintentionally? You know well, what I mean? Shit, we
3: could have been eradicated it. We could have been wearing masks. Yeah, well, yeah.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> you know, and, and you know what's funny is that I wear I wear masks, especially when I'm riding my bike. I have uh, really bad allergies, hay fever. So basically when I go riding my bike in Portland, pollen is crazy. Yeah, I can you know imagine. what I mean? So if you have allergies, you can forget it. And like wearing a mask helps. You know what I'm saying? So right.
4: You know what, Ken, you raise it's, a great point because in along my route, a lot of the machines I work on are outside and the pollen is crazy as well down here. And uh, the, wearing the mask has helped me a lot, man, because usually I get the scratchy, you know, the itchy throat the oh, whole man. night. Oh, man. You know? Burning so, eyes. Yeah, all yeah, that. yeah. So it, it's definitely helped a lot with that.
2: Yeah, I don't think I'll be getting rid of a mask as far as uh, when I'm outside riding my bike on these, these, uh, these deep-ass trails I'll be going on. I don't think I'll be getting rid of mask anytime soon. I wear shades when I ride, too, so make sure you can get all the pollen and all that stuff now there's
4: always there's still some some confusion as to exactly what the what the vaccines do in terms of um you know because some people have the impression that once you get the vaccine you just you can't get the virus at all then i hear like um you can get the virus but it just won't be as, won't bad. Be as bad. bad you know what i mean yeah. so yeah, yeah. They need to clear that up as well, because you always get these you see these reports every now and then where, you know, person that had the vaccine tested positive for COVID. So yeah,
0: kinda-
2: but yeah, but what they and what they don't—it's it, so much so because you got to. De- it depends on who you listen to right. because these these people on these media networks—they have a narrative that they're trying to keep going. Depending on who it is, who paying, who, if, it's right, if, if it's a right, whoever a whoever their
3: sponsors are. That's who. That's who. It yeah, is. yeah.
2: If, if it's a right wing, you know they're gonna say one thing. If it's CNN, left wing, they're gonna say one thing. If it's local, they're gonna say one thing. If Johnson because and Johnson, Johnson times, is your
3: sponsor, it's gonna say another thing.
2: Oh yeah, yeah. So at the end of the day, it's like when you listen to like cause, I seen someone, um, they were talking about how someone tested positive even though they got the vaccine. Then they come back two days later and they say, oh, they didn't get the second shot. Well, goddamn, why don't you put say that right. in the first
3: place? Uh, the other thing is like, the studies from what I because I read everything before I even got the virus I mean the uh, the <laughs>
0: vaccination
3: <laughs> got the the, the, the vaccine <laughs> <enough>. <laughs> but um from what I understood even in the studies if you actually read the materials that they give you or you read the materials that yeah. actually exist versus just what the reports are saying because the reporters are going to like like Kenny just said the reporters are going to say whatever the agenda is of that news station or the agenda of their sponsors right which is basically the agenda of the news station if you look at the information it says in the studies a certain percentage of people uh still got it it might be a small percent say like maybe 11 percent. but even the people that got it didn't die from it that's what right that's what the studies say it doesn't say that everybody who gets the vaccine is guaranteed to not have the uh virus it did say like over 90 percent of people who did get the vaccine didn't get the virus but the people who did get it didn't die from it that's what the studies were showing
2: and then and then you got and then you got you know some are people, you know. See, brother, you, when you get the
3: virus, see what the virus does <laughs> to you,
2: see, It's going, it gets in your bloodstream. And you see, in that MNRA, right. see, that means something. Uh, uh, you give me $5, and I can tell you what that means. And uh, yeah, it's going to change your DNA,
4: and you're going to be yeah, somebody virus. Yeah, somebody months. told me that. I actually had somebody in real life. Tell me yeah. that, like, if it changes I, your I, DNA, man, you're gonna have to get yourself checked out. The <laughs> yeah, p- I'm like, <laughs> gonna turn into the fly? Right. I'm like, alright they implanting <laughs>
3: microchips in you? That was another one I saw. Yeah, or I saw online recently. It was like, oh, like, what, what happens is people share screenshots, which is already an irritation of mine when people share screenshots oh, yeah. to articles and not the link to the article. Yeah, that's the worst. Because um, headlines are always sensationalized. Always. It doesn't even it doesn't even matter if it's a serious topic. The news is gonna or the editor of the publication will always write a sensationalized headline because they want you to click so when you send a, a, a screenshot and it just says somebody dies after having the vaccination but with no information on what they actually died from or right, <laughs> just somehow right. it looks like this person just died after they had a vaccination therefore it was caused by the vaccination the person had a heart attack because they haven't eaten grease their whole life <laughs> it, man
2: look so and it's always you know the crazy thing about it is man it is funny it ain't funny but it's funny to me because you know black people are the worst conspiracy theorists so they, they always it's always somebody black and famous that died from the vaccine Hank Aaron oh, Marvin right. Hagler oh, yeah. like what about what about Jerome around the corner he, how come he didn't die from it why is it to right. uh a retired boxer who ain't boxed since
3: 1989 who's old and our body was already defeated like <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's
0: just ridiculous
2: and, it, and one of the things I used to tell I was telling someone um I was like dude you know like Vita was saying you got to do the research, you know what I'm saying? Because the media is only going to tell you 1%. I don't even really going to tell you 1%. And I was telling someone this because I have a, a co-worker. She's working in the healthcare field. And she was like, I'm tired of people acting like they just started making this vaccine. They started making this vaccine 10 years ago. So I started looking this shit up and it was true. And I was like, what the hell? Like, so they've been... They, this is not a new idea. It's not like... Covid happened, and then all the scientists around, you know, Stanford and UCLA, just ran to the lab. Well, it was this,
4: this particular variant of COVID. Obviously, right. they couldn't right. be preparing this ten years ago because then that'll give the conspiracy theorists something else to. Oh, how they know exactly. it? So it exactly. They, they know. They know. Right. There they are different. There are different, the there were different yeah. strains of. See, this is what I learned. There were different strains of of COVID that's been they out there of, of SARS. SARS. Yeah, and so. You know, all they had to do was tweak it a little bit from the research that they had already been putting in, because people got to remember when Obama first became president, um, there was a, a, a crazy the bird flu, flu bird running flu. around, killing folks and stuff like that. It but people—it was that avian right.
2: bird flu from over in, in China or wherever it was, and it was—but it, it was only there.
3: It wasn't. Yeah, here. the swine flu. Wasn't no, it? there was one
4: that was here. That people. The swine flu. You're H1N1.
3: Yeah, that's was- swine flu right, that was yeah, it
4: was, right? Yeah. yeah. Um I don't know if it was the swine you know, they got so many they'll I think make it you was think the it's flu. they give so many different names, they'll make you think that, you know, it's forty different deadly <laughs> flus running around. <laughs> right, so right, who right. all knows? But COVID. Coronavirus. That- right, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but um so they were working on vaccines for all those different flu variants and then just so happened they had some stuff that they could easily roll over once they got an idea of what this one does. You know what I'm saying? So
0: Right.
2: that's what you're like. Friend, when all the, yeah. It's like when all the bud is the going shake. to sell the shake. Right. Exactly.
4: <laughs> but, and then also um, just to keep it 100. One of the things that I looked at, look, when you go into any new type of vaccine, anytime you put anything into your body, there's just, realistically, there's going to be a certain amount of people that have an allergic reaction. You know Absolutely. what I'm saying? Absolutely. It's, any it's any, any vaccine. All vaccines. So yeah. you have so, to yeah. take that into consideration as well. There's going to be a, a, a statistic. It, as long as it's statistically insignificant, you know, I'm not going I'm not downplaying the people who died or whatever right, right, that's right, not what right, I'm saying right. at all but if it's a sti- statistically insignificant portion of the people who got vaccinated that had you know the bad reactions or whatever then that's to be expected you know what I'm saying now, when, we were, when we were when we were on Clubhouse it was me and I think
2: T you were there too and it was a bunch of doctors talking about the vaccine and talking about COVID and and it was some black doctors and they were saying like if if the uh I think Pfizer and Moderna what is it 98% 94%
0: yeah,
3: there's
2: something
1: pretty
3: high.
2: Yeah, here. yeah, something pretty high. And they were saying that you we have no idea how much of a success that is. Right. Like, that's a huge success. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you can get I've heard I've heard of, because uh, you know, there's a chicken pox vaccine now. You know, kids don't get chicken pox anymore. And, yeah. and there's a um, there's vaccine uh, um, allergic reactions to the chicken pox vaccine. You know what I'm saying? But we don't we don't think about that because everybody's had chicken pox before. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's not a new Virus that goes around, I, you know, so this is new. I
3: think a lot of people who are concerned about this vaccine are typically people who don't like vaccines in general. You know what I mean? Anyway, so I, yeah, like, I think the there are definitely yeah. some people who are open to vaccines that are hesitant about this one, mostly because of misinformation, right. um publications giving various differing information, um, contradicting information, the government doing a terrible job, especially during the Trump administration, doing a terrible oh job even sharing information. And you have this goofball telling people to do all kinds of weird shit that don't make sense stick a light bulb up your yeah. ass yeah and,
0: <laughs>
3: and you know all this other stuff and so
2: and then the and the media playing the, the political games because they want to blame Trump exactly you know what that's they a wanna, great exactly I was going to say that
4: yeah because it seemed like the day after Biden got elected all of a sudden uh, after the inauguration it's like all of a sudden all the news regarding COVID turned positive I'm like damn right which, yeah. is, which is clearly
3: <laughs> agenda based right because yeah, sure. there's no way you're going to convince me that Biden all of a sudden got in office and had some sense because the reality Right. The government had n- didn't know what they were doing in the first place. They're not scientists, they're not medical professionals. none of them are. They never we know we never elect those kind of people into office for whatever reason. No. So no, we don't. those people did they didn't know shit either. You know, so I just don't believe any of that. I do understand people who have hesitations around vaccinations in general, because we're not really taught a whole lot of shit. Nobody teaches you about how your brain and body works, so they can just tell you whatever the fuck they want and then you do it. So I get people's hesitation, like, oh, I don't trust it. I get it. However, if you do enough research, you can put your own pieces together. You don't have to just go by what one source says. And you definitely don't right. have to go by off what some random person on Twitter just sent you a meme with some weird comparison that weird makes no stats. sense. Right, but they just <laughs> yeah, made up yeah. or, you or listen, pulled out of thin air or you with no context.
4: To, listening to Young Pharaoh. You know, oh the motherfucker of that oh believes God. black folks are 700 trillion years old. <laughs> <It's just> like, <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> That's a whole nother. Yeah. He, do they pull
3: just, up? Do they this actually do author. Reese? Like, where does that even come? Like, oh I don't want to ask. Because sometimes you ask for where they get this information from. And then they give you, they actually send you some shit. And you're like, why would you even believe this? Like, this is well, and, even- and,
2: and the crazy thing is they're going to. Th- and this is the way it works. Because this is how ignorance works. Young Pharaoh's is going to have a mathematical equation to make it seem true. You know what I'm saying? Now, for most people that don't know math and don't like math, they ain't going to double check it. Right. That's true. You know what I'm saying? It's just going to be like, well, young, you know. And then when you tell them, man, you ain't believe this dude. Oh, you just hate no young Pharaoh. But, <laughs>
4: First
3: of all. I'm
1: not sure young Pharaoh you is. I don't,
3: I'm saying I don't even know who he is. He's, to one, one, of
4: those, he's okay. one of those. He's uh... one of those. One, of the, whole, one oh, of the new One of the new Hoteps You know he I, came I along I have
1: trouble keeping up I'm still Know about teps. Polite And those people He came and, along The same and, time
4: As Polite did They kind of came yeah. around yeah, The yeah, same you know,
2: time I, You know Polite Running around with Floyd Mayweather now so, Right know, he ain't So on polite, the polite He ain't really Yeah he's
1: he's
4: on A whole nother thing Now he's not really <laughs> Wait what's
1: Polite Doing that I can't keep up I, I haven't looked In that corner Of the internet In so long uh, This is
0: so, the
3: same guy Who said black women Weren't supposed to have periods
1: Yeah Yeah fuckers stupid polite was so weird man because I, I couldn't understand some of those guys they say one or two things really smart and that hooks people in for the, like 80 percent of their nonsense but i never could find the one smart thing that polite had to have said to get that many people like i kept looking and looking like i could never you know what on
3: facebook he used to before he went nuts or whatever he actually did say some shit that would go viral you know like these little clips okay. of like Addressing white supremacy in some way, yeah, yeah
1: that's where they start. Yeah,
2: they always yeah, start cause, there
1: because usually there's something good out there when someone has this kind of following, even if they don't say anything yeah. good well, now.
4: So yeah, so well, yeah I, I can let's believe keep that. it on it. They, they get the main base of their following comes from you know shitting on the black church a lot, and then the people who are <laughs> yeah. dis, the people <laughs> yes. who are disgruntled right. from that. Jump onto that and then they'll, once they get that crowd, then they can just feed them everything else. You just took the
2: words out of my mouth, Mario, because, you know, a lot of stuff where this stems from is religion. And that's where he started because he he used to be on the corner in New York arguing the Hebrew Israelites and they'd be and they'd have those 12 hour debates.
0: Like
3: God damn, these niggas all
1: day. Hebrew Israelites were the original clubhouse. Like this ten hour <laughs> debates
3: for yeah. no reason, yeah. just
1: going out for I real. I had
3: never seen Hebrew Israelites in my life until I had went to New York. I want to say it was two thousand. It wasn't two thousand six. It had to be after college. Wait, I want to say it had to be like twenty. 10 or something and i had never seen a his he, he oh, Vita, you missed it i had they, not i did not know what they were until recently within the past 10 years or so because now they're everywhere like you can't miss them they was everywhere in, they
4: were in well i'm not gonna say la they was in pasadena for in like 99
3: See, like I didn't, 90, I didn't, used to be I in old town te-
4: did you ever now go to old own- town
3: pasadena Nah, hell no, I ain't gonna... Okay, they used to be <laughs> down
4: there. Yeah, they used to be down there. See, uh, they
3: wasn't out here. We had we had NOI. I grew up They've with... They've been up here in Portland I grew, since
4: probably around 99, I grew up
3: with NOI everywhere. NOI used to be on Slosson and Crenshaw, especially, be on Western. They'd be on... Like, I would see NOI everywhere. I did not see That was the Hebrew weirdest Israelites. thing.
4: Their disappearance was the weird... Like, the Hebrew Israelites, they weird. came out here, like, in 99... They stayed for like about a year or two and then they just disappeared. I can't wait. They didn't make it on the West Coast. They, they for pop, whatever they pop reason. up
2: they pop up in random black communities on the West Coast, like in Denver. They were up here for a little while. They ain't here they no more. They're not here no more. I, I think, don't likewise. see them anymore either. I
1: think I think maybe yeah. you need I think maybe you need some place with a lot of foot traffic because I think that's what uh, Hebrew is. Israelites, they've been here since like the eighties, I remember. And and it was like I've seen them like forever, but they were the original Twitter in that they had you know, a, they had like a own they had a TV
3: death. network or a cable network or something down there when I was. Oh, they had public that? access they
1: had all this. Yeah, stuff. But no, they would just troll you, but but in in real life, like, <laughs> like in meet like in MeetSpace, yeah, they like, would they really like, would. Like, like you know, on Twitter, uh, is like unlike Facebook in that Twitter you have a high likelihood of being discovered by strangers because of all these people thrown together in a small space, kind of you know whereas in facebook it's mostly your friends and people you know they're gonna find you and i feel like it's almost like the suburbs versus like the crowded city street like like twitter is like the 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 street and yeah that's what i think the israelites uh thrived on they would just suck in like white people into these arguments or, or, or mm-hmm. other black people you know and i got a feeling like in a place with a lot of car culture that's like not gonna work no one's gonna and like I think, stop her car and that's
3: pretty much what it argue. was because e- even even where they're at now they right now they be on um western and Slossen, right and that's there's a shopping center over there it's not far from the swap meet this but they're right by the bus stop so they're very um they're in an area that happens to have some of the more foot traffic than other parts of la but yeah they're we don't we're not a, we're not a walking city we drive everywhere so they just have these they have their they have on their little. Party City costumes, which I still <laughs> don't understand the purpose. Those costumes are terrible.
2: It just like listen, the they're bad
3: costumes. I don't care what y'all say, they're bad. Stop wearing them. You can't win like, me bro, over. Bro, you can't just
2: wear a hoodie with your logo right. on it. Like you couldn't right. be fresh. Y'all don't Why got gotta...
3: y'all don't got team T shirts or some shit. At least you know right. what? Noi, Noi never went outside not fly. They had on a suit. No, yeah, they, you know, they, they had stay on a bow tie. Yeah. They bow tie and they was on point everywhere they went. The suit was pristine. Right. You look at these raggedy bums on the corner with these goofy looking costumes, look, look like, like a they bunch made of homeless of...
4: dudes got together. Look,
3: they
0: look...
4: Yeah. <laughs> Nappy beard.
3: Right. Like nobody wants to hear y'all. Nobody gives a fuck what y'all talking about. Like
2: And then they'll give you some religious reason why they, you can't you ain't supposed to shave your beard, brother. Like, bro, but your beard don't connect. <laughs> right. But like, you look yeah.
3: disgusting and when you guys aren't saying anything wholesome or interesting or anything that's gonna a value. Nothing you're saying is of value. All you're doing yo, yo, is yo, catering the to party... the egos of weirdos.
1: The funny thing is their stuff, I can't figure out a coherent worldview out of it as in (laughs) a natural political (laughs) program or anything. They don't have shit.
3: All they do is yell at People. people.
1: Yeah, no, yellow people and just constantly reinterpret scripture. So it's like, read, oh yeah, oh, read, yeah. and then the person starts reading, and it's like you're just spending all day just debating. The uh, hilarious,
2: the scripture. hilarious thing is because white people are so nosy, they always stop. <laughs> they always <laughs> yeah, do. Yeah, 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 black people
1: don't really stop and argue with them. It's,
4: every time nah, I'm gone, nah, it's always man. been white folks. Every single I mean, time. I
1: mean, like I mean,
3: do, this, do that. Yeah, why yeah, a do lot they time, stop like, and talk to them? Because I, I just walk right it,
1: past them crazy. No, because I'm telling you, it's like Twitter. Have you ever been talking about something that's just clearly black conversation and some white person is <laughs> 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 all the time, <laughs> yep. and, and they'll be like, and, and they'll come in, it's like, it has nothing to do with you. Why do you have to weigh in? It's like, white people think they're the referees of reality. Oh, wow. Like,
3: <laughs> they Damn. think they're the referees of reality. They, they think they're
1: supposed <laughs> to just Weigh in and blow a whistle at anything going on and, and weigh you in on It's the craziest, <laughs> it's the
4: craziest you know thing. What? the funniest. Um, that- in my
1: lifetime, I, that proves
4: to be true a lot. I'm not going to lie. I've seen that it's on more culture. than one occasion where it is always the same kind of looking white guy that I've had the issue with. <laughs> like, it's, they always look. They always have
1: A lot of them have Dockers.
4: Yeah, Dockers reason. and they're wearing glasses and then, you know, like bifocal type glasses or whatever. I was, uh, I was going to a Ralph's one day and, uh, you know, I'm, 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 I'm former gang member, you know what I'm saying? I back into my parking spaces all the time. You know what I'm saying? So you can make a quick getaway if you have to. So I'm backing into this parking space. And then all of a sudden, this white guy, he comes up. Hey, you, you're you not supposed to do that. You can't do that. I'm like, what the
3: hell are you talking
4: I just look at him and I keep doing what I'm doing, right? Because that's <laughs> my... just
3: like me. I right. do the same shit, Mario. Right. I just ignore that. That's ass.
4: my new go-to now. Like, I just... I used to get sucked into arguments with him. Now I just... Look at him like, who are you? Get the fuck out of there. I'll do what I do, right? So he's telling me this. And then I'm looking at him like he's crazy. And then he goes, oh, you know what? I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry. I'm from New Jersey, and, and where I'm from, it's illegal to back into a parking space. I'm like, well, you in California now, man. And, and out here, let me tell you, <laughs> that's, you a, get your that's ass ass a bad whoo- idea. Well, you better hope the worst thing that happens is you get your ass whooped out yeah. here. Yeah, You know what I'm saying? But, First but of
3: you, all, you mind your business. Are you the fucking parking lot police? But
4: on the East Coast, I guess it's different. Vita. like they They don't. I don't know. I mean I, I don't give a fuck. But this is my thing. I don't give a
3: fuck if they can't if you can't do that in New Jersey. I don't care if you in New Jersey. It's are you the parking lot police?
1: Yeah. <laughs> Who are you? <laughs> but also also, is that even true? Cause uh no, I
4: I've has, always he, back in the parking no, he spaces. saw it was a
3: nigga driving and he got scared. I guess
4: so. I don't know what the deal was, but he I, was I trying know to, it was. Yeah, he was trying to regulate how I park my car. I'm like, man, if you don't get the hell out of here,
1: listen. But, but, but that's the same thing with the mask. The same way, like people want to keep wearing masks, but they're past wearing masks, so now they just want to. Um, Police, what re- you do? Yeah, police, absolutely. I'll tell you, that's going to be the title of this episode, uh, <laughs> Referees of Reality. Like, like that's that's really what they be doing. It's the craziest thing. Uh, you know, like, things just be bothering them. But, you know, it's funny. This is a funny thing, though, right? When it comes to important things, like, uh, who lynched that black guy 50 years ago? They'll stay oh. on code and be quiet as hell. Like, no referee. Oh, yeah. in well, why are we digging people, old things up? Why them? are we bringing
3: up yeah. this, these things? where We're just being divisive. You know,
1: We're being
2: divisive. Right. Yeah, we're being divisive. We're being victims. You have a victim mentality.
3: It It wasn't you. That was your ancestors. Why should I have? Yeah, I didn't have anything to do with that. I wasn't there.
1: (laughs) Why are you jaywalking? We have rules here. Uh, Who killed that black guy uh, 40 years ago? What are you talking about? Why are you bringing up old stuff? Yeah, suddenly suddenly the wrong code is like hell. Suddenly it's like snitches get stitches. What is
3: it? What is it with white folks being in your business? I I just, I never, I understand it to the fact that they're racist and they just want to be in black folk business. But like even people who claim that they're not racist, it's like they just cannot resist the instinct to be in your business.
1: Yeah, you know and I don't
3: understand? How about me? all those
1: black gender wars on Twitter, man? This be coming in. Well, actually, she's just saying that black women, or he's just saying that black men. Oh, it's like, well, right. why are you
3: here. Why are you even why in the conversation? Yeah. That's how I feel. Even if I agree yeah, with you, why pe- are you here? If, if I saw two
1: white people uh, complaining and it's like a, uh, white men and white women talking about uh, stuff that happens, like I wouldn't come in like, hey, I'm black. But uh, actually, I think you white guys do be mistreating those white women. <laughs> you white women, you got to listen to those white. Like, <laughs> I wouldn't care. I, it, doesn't even, it doesn't even enter my like. You mind your business. I tell you the structure to even want to interject in there. Because but yeah, I see my Asian arguments. <laughs> like, like, oh, like you know, they Asian really people. they
2: really in Asian arguments because they be, they believe they they feel like they own Asian people. Oh man,
3: Those are oh. Asian
2: women.
4: Yeah, I've seen some right. really right. I've That's seen some really poor treatment of Asian women. You know, it's weird, and I'm not even Asian, but for some reason, man, when I see a white guy with an Asian girl. Especially, a, especially an older me. one, not the younger ones. Yeah. The younger ones not so much. But like when I see, because you this, know what it is. Yeah, I, I, it really bothers me. And I'm like, wait, why am I so bothered by this? <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> because, 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 you, because, you know, it's a
2: it's a it's a it's a form of a manipulation because, you know, a lot of those dudes don't like white women. So they run over to Southeast Asia and they go get some young looking. It'd be an old Asian woman, but she'd be young looking. And they, because you, you know what time it is. This is the thing about uh, a lot of white people that they don't understand. We know them better than they know us. So at the end of the day, it's like we know what y'all be doing because you flaunt it. You don't give a fuck. Right. There's nobody that's gonna stop you from doing well, it. I- so we've seen you do these things for way too long. Like, don't tell me, oh, yeah, I just I just met her when I was on vacation. No, motherfucker, you left your wife and family, went over to Thailand, found some chick, and did the the Harlem Nights. And uh, this,
4: not, not only not that, but a lot more, of those but dudes but are racist as hell. That's, that's what exactly so, what I was yeah. about to get oh, at,
1: yeah. Mario. It happens all the time. That's exactly a lot of white nationalists have been, there's a whole list of them.
3: That's exactly what I was about to get to, Mario. I actually learned a lot. Um, this is how I know people on Twitter, especially, like, these black women talk about the idealized, or oh, black men too, that. that idealized relationships with non-Black people. And I actually listen to a lot of Asian women, Latina women talk about their relationships, both with men of their own race and outside, right? It's not this idealized vision that no. Black women seem to have. Asian women no. with... I, I can't... So I have a home where my best friends, she's Japanese American. And she... Is she doesn't like white guys specifically for that reason because they always fetishize her. They don't understand in their mind. They they really believe Asian women are going to be overly submissive. So the yeah. thing, a lot of young Asian women, especially if they were born in America, they ain't that, and they don't they, and they, and they don't feel year. like they have to play that. And they're usually extremely highly educated, so they don't really need you. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right, right. So when I would so I would see these. Uh, Uh, interactions sometimes with my homegirls and these white guys, and white guys always, without fail, say some racist shit. That's why I know when I see the Asian woman with the white guy, she's letting shit slide, because there's never been one time not one time i've seen a white guy talking to an asian woman and he didn't say some racist sexist shit Not you know one what? time.
4: and i'm gonna tell you Vita, like i said to piggyback on what you're saying i've seen some very poor treatment and i'll be like damn publicly too i remember one time i was at the mall i think i told you guys about this i was at the mall and there was an asian woman it looked like her family was there and then there was a white uh her, her white dude or whatever and he's trying to feed her something and she clearly didn't want to eat it. He kept trying to, like, force it, like, stuffing it in her face. And she's like, come on, man, what the hell? And he's still trying to do it. You know what I'm saying? In front of her family. I'm like, wow. Yeah. that's oh,
3: hell yeah, nah. that yeah. And he had, that asshole,
4: but, but, he had that asshole look on his face, like that real smug kind of... Uh, <laughs> that's the only way I can describe I know, it. Is I like- know the
1: face I know the face you're talking about. There's this guy, John Derbyshire, who has that, that face. That Richard Spencer face. Yeah, yeah that Richard Spencer <laughs> face. And... and all those guys uh, will have like have like Asian uh, women. Like I think John Derbyshire, he's just racist, um, right wing guy, and he's totally like that. Um, but you know it's interesting what what uh, Mario said. He never felt the urge to weigh into them. He never went to a website and just started to say, hey, what do you think about these white guys and these Asian girls and jumping into conversations that people are having about it online. But I see that happen all the time. There was this white girl on Clubhouse always getting involved in these black gender war rooms. And she'd be going in and egging on the black girls and everything. And then people started asking her like, why are you here? But a lot of those diverse types are like, leave her alone. She just sees how fucked up you black guys are, you know. And it's
3: like, see, yeah, that's how you know. They a lot of Chris. us, a lot of us
1: will cup, will cap, will cape to put these people as our. That's reference. why
4: I think they're comfortable doing it because I think everywhere they go, they're comfortable with with black people allowing them to do that shit. Because there's always going to be, a black, gonna be a black
2: person. You, uh, man, it's sad. You always will find a black person that will start caping for these people. Always, and it's like, no, let them motherfuckers fend for themselves. Because once you get in, once you start digging that hole, and you start talking shit, now you fair game. I'll, you know what I'm saying? But if and if you a black person that start caping, you fair game now. I'm gonna
3: be real. Mm-hmm. I've you know seen so many conversations on Twitter where I even might agree with the white girl, but I ain't jumping in. Fuck her. Yeah, but you she don't shouldn't get have, she in should that. have been yeah, in the conversation, yeah. as far as I'm concerned. Exactly. You know, exactly. and I just make my point. You know, fuck her. But I. But the problem. It's like what you said, like cape for these white people. And I think they enjoy white people that white validation. That white attention. That no the validation. I think they feel validated. Oh, see, a white person agrees with me. And which is already weird in itself because that lets me know more about you. You need the validation of white people. But you know, that's
2: age, but that's old that's age old. You know what I'm saying? In our community where I, I remember it was an old black dude um lived in my neighborhood and he was trying to get his car fixed and he had asked his young dude his young brother to work on his car but the young brother had to go to work he had a regular job and the and the dude couldn't wait he just well, i'm just gonna get that white boy see that white boy he's gonna do it and i'm like damn dude why what the fuck did you have to go and do all that for yo you know what i'm saying like all of a sudden the white boy's just gonna fix your car and it's gonna turn into a fucking c8 corvette
3: first of all like damn who, bro first of all last. I never said in my life, let me get the white guy for a mechanic. I'll definitely am going Man. to somebody black or latino. I
2: just don't trust. But the crazy <laughs> thing about it is he didn't even have a white mechanic. He just started talking about a white mechanic. I'm going to go get that white boy. Why? If there was no there was no white dude. It wasn't like there was an uh, option. So, so, know, so, so
1: it was a, it was hypothetical one. <laughs> yeah, a magical white dude. Imagine white dude with a
3: wrench. That's even worse. You imagine this magical white guy that's going to come save you. I got to You know, it's funny. I was actually in a conversation with a Latina girl I, I I don't know if she was Mexican or not but she was Latina and on Twitter and I, I made a comment on Twitter uh, a tweet something about um, putting too much pressure on kids to have good grades when it doesn't really matter till college now I was not saying don't encourage your kids to have good grades I was not saying anything like that but I think sometimes we put so much pressure like it's the end of the world if you don't have straight A's like you'll never go to college It's, it's college will literally always be an option it's never not an option Um, you can go to community college get the scholarships you need get your grades up whatever you gotta do it's not it's really not the end of the world if you don't go to college right out of high school it's really not she kept talking about well we, you know something about um you know well our kids deserve black and latino kids deserve to go to four-year colleges out of high school and i'm like what's what's have to do with being deserving mm nobody deserves it's not anything. a deserving you, thing it's just a thing like nah. it's an option what are you talking about I mean it's like yeah, but she, But the whole that. time she, I realized she's talking about proving something to white people and white like it's a competition she felt like she's constantly in this competition with white people and I said you know what? and then she said well I grew. I went to school with white people so I always knew to push myself or whatever she said yeah so I was like go. and yeah. that's when I was like well that's, that's, that's part of the problem I never in my life felt like I had to compete with white people first of all I'm not gonna try to compete with white people A game that they set up that doesn't even make any sense, man. (laughs) How does that even make any sense, right? You have to do what works for you and your family. It might work, she's like, Well, disadvantaged families need to, uh, might need to get good grades. So, you're trying to tell me you pressured, she said, I've even seen students cry about it. I said, Your students should not be crying about grades, like, that's not a good thing. Like that, that no. you're you're saying like, oh, that must mean that they need to go to a four year. No, it means that the school system is <laughs> fucking them over and they need support. It does not mean push put more pressure. Like, we know, Have all, you these, seen like, all these, these white
4: kids that are committing suicide. That right. <laughs> that, that but, are but, but now more black, black kids
1: doing it too. Now.
4: Because we yeah. put
3: so much pressure. Well, I'm just talking about academically. Like
4: they, they they when you they, go
3: listen, I went to community <laughs> college and went to one of the top universities in the fucking West Coast. I would say that's not the, not the end of the world. I didn't I was not a good high school student. Life goes on. You don't have to put so much pressure on the fucking SATs because you have to compete with white people. That doesn't make well, sense. Well, the
2: to SAT me. is not culturally competent anyway. It's, the whole so. thing
3: is set up against you. So maybe yeah. it makes more sense to devise a strategy that works for your quote unquote disadvantaged families, as she said. And I'm like, if anything, well, that's that going to community talk. college that's that, that's that white if liberal, anything, going know, to community college Democrat first talk. helps disadvantaged families because you save at least two years of money, or at least one year.
2: Yeah, but they but you gotta remember this the way these people think is like because they've been told for all these years, and the thing about it is part of it, you know, two things can be true. You know what I'm saying? What you just said is true, and the reason why she's saying it. Is true because she's going based on some shit that happened a long time ago, where she's, you know, uh, it was a certain point in time where black people or uh, black and brown people couldn't go to certain colleges. That's her problem. She wants to be the first person of color to go to Harvard, Yale, and all this other kind of shit. But what these, what she doesn't understand is that when you graduate from college, nobody gives a fuck what
3: school nobody you went cares. to. Nobody cares.
2: They want to know if you got the degree. And you, you see what's cares.
1: happening. That's a girl. black girl talk like that. I have seen like bougie black people talk the same way that, that she yeah, they was do. talking. Yeah. They do. Are oh, you were saying, no, right. saying And you, were saying you
4: see the result of that is What's happening with uh, a lot of HBCUs is the same thing that happened with the Negro Leagues. Same thing that happened yep. with yep. black businesses. Once integration got popping, white black folks run off to go be in those institutions to the detriment yep. of and our own. And that's
2: why, and that's why most HBCUs are now public. They're not privately funded. And then they, they got bug get the nerve to get mad
4: when there's more non-blacks there than than blacks. Y'all yeah, <laughs> right. And there, 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 are, there are HBCUs that are majority yeah, white. Y'all ran off line. to the to the um to the PWI
3: and not only that but they the the big universities but this is the thing though and I've talked about this on the live stream and I might have talked about it on on the podcast too because I always reference this book by uh uh, Nelson George the the death of R&B or whatever it's called something like that um yeah the, the death of of rhythm and blues and in that book he talks about how Harvard gave scholarships to black people because they partnered with the record labels To go into the Chitlin Circuit, the Blues Chitlin Circuit, and document how they were making money so the record companies could take that information and poach. Black music. That's what. Yeah. So we think we getting happy. Oh, look at our Negro kids going to Harvard. Oh, my baby going to Harvard. Look at the kids in our community going to Harvard. This is great. This is success. This is. And they used it to dismantle an entire industry that was booming. They, they used it to dismantle the black music industry. Now that industry is completely owned by white people.
1: But you can see something too, also with uh, black academia because i remember i was talking to someone about this right um because in book club we're covering this book called yorugu by dr marimba ani and it's like an incredible book and it should be like studied everywhere but none of these new black um academic stars talk about it all they talk about is uh intersectionality and maybe afro-pessimism and these other uh and and Judith Butler and Michel Foucault and white critical studies and all this stuff. And intersectionality comes from that, you know, and et cetera, et cetera. But nobody talks about this thing, Urugu, or no one talks about, um, you know, Dr. Henry Clark or Sheikh Day Up or all these people, really. It's all these black people who are from, like, Yale, Harvard, Stanford. Mm-hmm. And I've noticed, I've come to realize that even though Howard is technically an HBCU, it's almost both. It's like a switch hitter. Absolutely it's almost like the Ivy League of the
2: HBCUs. It is. I, it is. Absolutely.
1: Yeah, I notice a lot of these like weirdo types they all saw, go to
2: Harvard or Howard. That's the Harvard of the HBCU. Howard
1: Yeah, yep. if they don't go to one of the big white schools, they go to Howard. So so yep. I feel like Howard is putting out a lot of this weird, white centered misinformation now. Absolutely. And Howard like,
2: historically has been weird. I mean, oh, oh Howard is a white man. Whatever, you know what I'm saying? So at the end of the day, you know what I'm saying, there's a lot of fuck shit that goes along with Howard there. That's where they're doing the paper brown uh, the brown paper bag test that was at Howard.
3: Yeah, I think a lot of it, you know and saying? I think so, a lot of the Divine Nine was founded at Howard.
2: Yeah. yeah. or, Mac- or Mac- yeah. Mac- uh,
4: yeah. Most of them were at, no, most of them were at Ivy League. I hear like that, alphas, um, like Alphas, the Alphas were founded at alphas Cornell. Alphas
3: were, but the others weren't. Yeah. I hear were that
4: uh, Hampton is actually the one that's the most up-to-date in terms of how their, their campus looks and stuff like that. Is that, do anybody know wait, if
1: there's any you mean the physical, the, the physical? Right, because uh, you know a oh, yeah. lot of
4: the a lot of HBCUs are hanging on by a string, and it shows. You know what I'm saying? My yeah. my niece yeah. went to an HBCU. She went to Tuskegee, and it, it she said it was the conditions there were just deplorable. But from oh, what oh, I understand, from Hampton is uh you know one of the ones that looks like a first rate uh, academic place.
1: Oh, as far as how it looks and everything, you know, I don't really know how Hampton uh fares. I, I mean, for as far as like how. Um, mentally colonized they are as far as like the curriculum and what they're trying to like do that's what i mean when i say howard is kind of like like the ivy league like they're pushing a lot of these same talking points and where it's basically like white studies and blackface kind of thing some of that i mean they have good people there i don't want people to think uh there's a couple people from howard that i want to get in the show but they're like kind of old school and they're from that old tradition like like you know like they're from that type of when we were, we- Urugu, like for example this is lady um belithia watkins i've been trying to get she's not really in that new camp you know what i mean she's not like a britney cooper type you know she's she dresses in african attire she's more like out of that marimba ani um francis crust welk um welson school you know they have some people like that but uh, yeah they have a certain type that's gaining prominence in, out of Howard like a lot of these uh, black men the one, are trash the ones types. that are
2: the, the ones that are all writing for these uh, magazines Root in the free. essence yeah, yeah
1: yeah those guys and yeah they believe in some of the most messed up things about black people and I found out they went to to Howard so yeah I'm, I don't know Howard well, you know we, we've covered we've covered these people before and we
2: know that most of these people don't even come from the black community you know what I'm like saying like Kamala yeah. Harris right going, yeah. Oh, yeah they get their yeah. first black experience going to an HBCU
1: yeah you said it perfectly Vita. that's why Kamala Harris, Kamala Harris going to Howard is not this to me, this big deal that anybody no. makes it because there's a no. lot of people who go to Howard for their first black experience, you know what I mean? And then after they leave, they just come out doing the same fuck shit as the ones who went to. Um, yeah, because
2: they only went there for the validation to be around black people. They didn't go there to learn anything.
0: Uh.
1: Yeah, yeah. They come out and talk the same as the Harvard and yeah. Stanford graduated um, people in, in, in media. You know what I mean? Like like that one, there was one who uh, wrote a good article about it unintentionally. Uh, she writes for The Undefeated. Like uh, Her name is Soraya McDonald. And she wrote about how, you know, she grew up around white people, didn't feel good about herself, had all these issues. She's one of those people that, you know, is always saying, uh, trashy stuff about black men or she uh gave a glowing review to slave play when it came out and was like the first person to uh, gloriously review it and everything and then one time i saw one of her articles and she was like how she didn't fit in with black people and uh, all these problems like finding such a blackness and she goes and then i went to howard it was my first time being around you know, and, and it was the Mecca and this and that. And I'm like, we well, have yeah, look where you are now. You're writing the same fuck shit as And, see, and, and then, you these know, the crazy people. thing
2: is, I think these people, it's almost like a cry for help. You know what I'm saying? You They, they, they shit yeah. on what, they, what they've what they never known. So you the reason why you shit on black men is because you don't know any. You,
3: you, you know, know what I'm saying? Because
2: more than likely, you're probably... You're probably biracial or even if you're not biracial, your parents were those parents that couldn't wait to get out the hood in the early 90s. Right. You know what I'm saying? So when you hear a lot of people complaining about uh, the way South Central look, the way uh, Miami, especially Wynwood, certain areas in Miami, Portland, Seattle, I knew these niggas. These motherfuckers hated being in the hood and they was waiting to get a really good job so they can get the fuck out. Now they live in Lake Oswego next to the Blazers and they're the ones that's on Tumblr or where or Twitter complaining all the time on Twitter. And you know, there's Portland Twitter. They complain on Twitter all the time about how racist Lake Oswego is. About how racist, oh, racist Tigard is. Motherfucker, you was from North and Northeast Portland, but you hated
4: it.
3: But that's the you know thing. You didn't like I think, being around working class black people. And you know what? And I'm glad you said it that way. And now t- they have kids. And I'm, I'm glad you said it. I'm, uh, not t- uh Kenny, I'm glad you said it that way because there's, there's a really good point, especially in that last thing you just said. They didn't want to be around working class black people. It wasn't even just the hood. Because some of them weren't even in communities that was like wild. You know, I get it, it no, was, no, they it, wasn't. It, no, it might have been no. tough, but you know what I mean. Everywhere wasn't they the was, wild they wild to west. hide away
2: from the hood while being <clears> in exactly.
3: There. The other thing is, like you just didn't want to be around other working class Black people because you felt like you were better than them. Better than, and you yeah. wanted to be around the people that you thought could prove that you were better than. And, and when you got kids. and you got around them you grew you raised your kids in this space and now you have these kids who running around thinking with identity crises right cuz that's really what yep. that is you have an identity like crisis you were raised in a community and an environment where you had to cope you had to figure out how to yep. get along. Yep. You had to make friends with white people because you're a human being and you have to make friends. That's life, right? But now you have this fucked up view of yourself because you're you dealing with these racist white people who give you nothing but a reflection of you as far as that... And, and what you thought was
2: when you did get around black people that the black people you finally got a chance to be around were going to be like white people and black people ain't like that. Not them. only that... They're not, they, not going to get special treatment just because you But not
3: even just that though. What they don't... The, they lack a self-awareness. They don't realize how stuck up they are when they come back to the hood or they yeah, come yeah. visit yes. or they do yes. shit. They don't they don't they're oblivious to it. I watched the shit happen. When I worked mm-hmm. it, so the thing about working in community organizing and in social services is you get a lot of people who come from everywhere to in a in a place, a place like LA, they come to, they come to LA for college, then they go wanna work in the hood and work in the community here, right? You get that shit all the time. Right. <clears throat> now, you get now you get white people who will be on that fuck shit and that didn't surprise me. But when I started meeting black and latino people, especially me growing up as a community organizer in South Central, what I worked worked with predominantly black and latino people we all super political super you know i'm uh, I'm so, I'm, I'm even in the bubble where it's not even the anti-Black, anti-Latino beef in the same way. We had it, but it wasn't in the same way that you saw it outside of that space, right? So when I started meeting these people working in community organizing that were Black or Latino, and they would say, like, the most racist shit about their own people. Like, Latinos even in that space knew better than to talk about Black people, but they talk about other Latinos. Okay, then I'll meet Black people who would double down on the shit but for black people, like yeah, mm-hmm. you know these people in the hood—they these parents. Although my the well, number one thing I would hear was complaints about the parents when I worked in Watts. It used to piss me off. I would tell them, I say, you guys stop talking about these parents. Like these are the these are the kids' parents. We respect them. I don't give a fuck what you think about how they talk, or how they carry themselves. The fact they wanted to beat your ass, they wanted to beat your ass because you was talking down to them. They don't yeah, how come they don't never want to beat my ass? I was like, then I never had, I had a parent who I had parents who disagree with me, I had parents who didn't like shit I said, but never once that I had a parent that wanted to beat my ass. There was a reason because I don't talk condescendingly to people, and so then they, but when the parent ready to beat your ass, oh these people, these parents are just ghetto. They don't know how to act. They don't know how to you know. Duh, 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 duh. I'm like, but you don't even realize how much you talk down to how much you don't like them and so when black people and don't embrace what, you with open arms you don't like
2: them to begin right with. you didn't you didn't like and them so to when begin they with. don't
3: embrace you with but, open arms and all of a sudden you want to cry
1: and, and i think that's what they expect when they come back they expect that they're going to have that aura of whiteness around them from having yeah, the,
2: the, the negro savior
1: <laughs> yeah 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 They see themselves as like, uh, when the colonizer came, uh, they picked a couple of black people to bring back with them. You know what I mean? And then they trained them, dressed them up in, like, colonizer outfits and sent them to schools or whatever. Then they um, sent them back to, you know... To be among the quote unquote savages, and okay, now
2: DeAndre go to Compton. Your 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 destination is Compton. Remember, <laughs> stay with yeah. me, Compton. it's a, it's a real, <laughs> real colonial. It's
1: a real colonial dynamic, man. But it happens in in America too. Like you know, you come back and it's like it's, it's like it's like you you're coming back to be among the tribe people, but now you're
0: wearing a yeah. suit. Well, they go to college. They think. Yeah, go
3: ahead i say. Well, they also they go to college, get that white ass education, and they go back to the hood and they become basically a white person in blackface. That's all it is. Yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah. I, m- I mean, that's what Frantz Fanon was writing about, but on an international level yep. in uh, um, Black Skin, White... oh exactly. White Skin, Black... I forget. Yeah,
3: I know which one you're w- talking
1: about. W- I always forget that like, but, one, but he talks about how these people kind of come back and they have these embarrassing little flares like, like he was talking about people that you know they want to show off like things like how they know wine lists and how they know uh-huh. X, yeah. Y, and Z but you know they're bringing it back to like Martinique and they look look ridiculous or they don't really know what they're talking about really but they want to show this new affectation it's they got like a zip
2: from, coon they almost like zip coons though. yeah
1: totally almost like that and, and Kenny and I we should talk about like like remember that guy that was uh, bragging about oh I hate when I go to a, a Japanese restaurant and I see oh yeah yeah. people using a, a a knife and fork to uh, eat sushi you don't try yeah. to use chopsticks and meanwhile like uh the real traditional way to eat sushi is not even with uh, chopsticks like with your fingers, no, it's 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 fingers right chocolate. it's yeah. a finger food yeah
2: yeah, it's a finger food. But
3: you know what's interesting too is like they think that they're they think that they're better than other people because they have this uh, alleged cultural knowledge. You know, they're more cultured than the rest of us. But like you said, they they're like zip cool. They don't really. They just look ridiculous. They look, in fact, they look beyond ridiculous. Because at least a person who doesn't know, you know, they just don't know. You know what I mean? You're pretending like you do know and trying to stomp on other people who don't know. And you look
2: at yeah, them niggas, all they want to do is just build up their resume at that nonprofit in the hood so they can finally get the, you know, find the white, the right white ass to kiss and get the Absolutely. right job so they don't have to worry about that kind of stuff. It's, a, it's as the as day is long. Because they want to like be have been doing this for way too long. They
3: want to be an executive of some national nonprofit. That's what they really yeah, want. Yeah. You
2: know what I
1: mean? That's all but, it is. But but what's funny, man, is that I feel like black people have kind of realized that this, or just people in color in general, because I've seen this in like Asian, Latino circles too, they kind of realize, yo, this nonprofit hustle, we can yep. take that hustle and put it in private industry. So like in yep. media and yep. academia and all these places they're doing the same thing it's like hey i'm gonna be on the uh chitten circuit of of uh commentary you know but i'm gonna be the educated person there and then i'll get the, the right white ass to kiss and they're using the same like Nonprofit hustle of like hiding the ex- exact numbers of stuff and, mm-hmm. and putting all their friends on and putting the appropriation that... of funds like a motherfucker. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, you know, like what you're seeing with these people with uh, this new so called black renaissance and all these anti racist, um, you know, book organizations and stuff. And it's like, I feel like they're getting all the same people will get their books placed in diversity and, um, um inclusion budgets in corporations so like they'll write some kind of anti-racist book they'll get a big publishing deal won't sell that much but they'll sell it to institutional places you know and suddenly they're in every library or uh corporations are buying licenses to the books then they go and put on all their other friends who are in this uh woke creative circle, and it's exactly the same nonprofit hustle that Vita was talking about. They found a way to put it into the corporations. It's it's kind of brilliant,
3: and it's a it's a marketing strategy for themselves. That's what the book really is, right? So now yeah. you can get public speaking gigs. Now you can you know host events. Now you can do all these things with your name. Be on be in documentaries. Without, without, without now the you're in documentaries. Like I, I like a lot of my professors yeah. that I had in college. Because I, I, you got y'all know, I obsessively watch documentaries about whatever, <laughs> and I randomly. Even Finding my professors, I'm like, dang, all my professors are in all these documentaries. I know they booked didn't sell that great, but hey, they got all these other opportunities now. Now they're popular in their field. Now they can make a name for themselves wherever they go, whether they're professors or not, really. Because even people who aren't necessarily professors or academics, you know, through an institution, get a lot of opportunities. I feel like that's how Tana Hasi Coates' career was. You
1: know? Yeah, I think the I think the big difference uh between now and the current influencerization of everything is that before Person existed to manifest the book and the book was the uh ultimate goal. So it's like mm. uh Black Skin White Mass is like his magnum opus that he's leaving our friends Fanon or Wretched of the Earth and they are bigger than him now work exists to manifest you and help you self-actualize as the biggest celebrity you can be so the book is almost an afterthought like none of the books these people write i think are really going to be remembered as much as they the person will be remembered as a uh, influencer that's why they
3: pictures is always on the cover they sitting up you have yep,
1: the pictures <laughs> always on the cover uh, the book's always in the dollar bin in like two years but the speaking fees oh, yeah. are are doing great shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah yeah the book is a resume the book is a business card basically yeah it's and, not you know, the funny thing is, you know,
2: they're only going to be at certain schools like they go to certain colleges, especially here in Portland. So they'll be at fucking Reed College, Lewis and Clark, Portland State University, places like that. You know, all the all the liberal schools will pay them. You know what I'm saying? But at the end of the day, when this all of this, this whole era and it's going to end, just like COVID, this woke shit is going to end. You know what I'm saying? Because eventually people are it's not because people are going to learn something. People are just going to get tired of it. You know well, what it's saying? a they trend. Like most
3: trends, yeah. they die, and then it's some it's, it's marketing for now. Even I think this pro Black woman love shit is bullshit. You know, I think oh, yeah, all that shit's that's gonna, gonna die, die too. Because yeah, yeah. I think, and I think they're gonna move in. Like right now, they're moving towards the Asian community. <laughs> you know, whatever yeah, the hot yeah. thing is, is what people are hopping on. And that's <laughs> but that shows, but that goes back to the point that he was making as well about it being a career. Like I think he was it on was it our live stream? I think when we or was it on Twitter? Something I I think I saw an article where a Black lady wrote an article about activism being a career or she, or she said it on twitter like how it could be a career oh, oh, oh,
1: oh, oh yeah, yeah she said on she's on twitter like how um what patrice is doing is good because she's right. showing people you can spend what patrice colors is doing is good because she's showing you can uh spin it into all these oh, opportunities yeah, but now exactly. more people are going to want to enter activism And it's like no those are not the activism people you want is not, to enter. not no. supposed to be
3: a career activism is supposed to be a change something that's a revolution it's supposed to be you trying to make a change not have a job you're saying, or
1: at yeah. least the, at least the goal is not to get multiple houses, like you know, like it seem but like. No, yeah. e- even
3: the cur- act- activist itself is supposed to be like, hey, I'm making sure if certain changes happen in my community or to my people or whatever it well, is. Well,
2: most most activists, that's most activists not, have a second job. Like you know, say what you want about. Um, Angela Davis, she's an activist, but she's also a professor. Right. So if if, but- if if Angela Davis went and bought two houses, well, she is a fucking tenured professor at wherever school. They make really good fucking money. She does speaking gigs. She gets paid. So, but these people are trying to use dead black people as a way to get money. But this is... That's really but it. this is
3: my problem. Okay, let me let me just break it down. As a person who mm-hmm. has been a community organizer, literally, on the streets, unpaid since she was 14 years old, as a person who's watching activists, working with activists, people who spent 100 hours a week to achieve goals in their community, small things, or, or they feel like they're small, <clears throat> just to keep a liquor, another liquor store from being built. I live in South Central. Two of our grocery stores literally just got closed in my neighborhood. I have to drive outside of my neighborhood to go to a grocery store. Two of them. I ha- That's... That's, that's that's real shit that we're dealing with on the ground. That's what an activist does. We're addressing that shit. We put that work in. I get upset because a lot of these nonprofit organizations are popping up and they're hiring people outside of our community where their job is to be the quote unquote activist because you got people writing articles like this is a lucrative career. Now you are applying to work in some organization and communities you've never even lived in or been from. You don't know what the fuck these people want, but this is your job. And you go from organization to organization because you are just trying to make sure you can rise up in the ranks of your career. You're not actually trying to change anything locally in your community. That's what I mean when I say activist. Activism is not a career. If if you're,
2: they just want to be the go-to, <clears throat> the go-to here, spokesman for anything black in the organizations
3: community. Organizations that don't hire people <clears throat> from here really irritate me because of that very reason. Get these kids out of college. Some, and It might be a white person, it might be a Latino person, it might be a black person, it don't fucking matter. Most of the time they not from the hood and they definitely not from the hood they're working in. They're not taking the information and then say, okay, thank y'all for raising me and teach me to be an activist so I can now bring this to my community. Not even doing that because they're not even from a community like that. And then they come into our communities, they take this funding, they get these jobs, they become executive directors of organizations. There was a white lady in charge of an organization called Trust South LA, an old white lady who ain't never lived in South Central. I'm calling them out. She out, she, I think she's out now, good. But my point is that happens way too much with these EDs who worked their way up into activism because it was a career, I'm not running organizations and fucking shit up because they're not really for the people or from the people. They're the ones knocking on the door telling, telling us in the community what it is we want in our community. No, who the fuck are you? So no, it's not yeah, a that's, career. That's the
2: same thing they did here in Portland uh, when gentrification was really like around 2005, 2006. And I've told this story before. I think I said it on the very first podcast that I did when I finally came on this one. And I was talking to T about um, this this uh, organization called the uh, PALF, Portland African African Leadership Forum, and all of these people were from other places. They weren't from Portland, but they were going around in Portland to the used to be black community, talking to black people. And these black people looked at them like, "Who the fuck are you?" You know what I'm saying? And they were arguing because they wanted to build this Trader Joe's over on MLK, and the black people were saying they didn't want it. They didn't want a Trader Joe's. They wanted something for themselves, another grocery store, a co-op, something for themselves. Mm. And now it's a fucking Wingstop so because these Portland African leadership Forum motherfuckers fucked it up because they you be a bougie Social.
3: and wanted a fucking Trader Joe's. Yeah, because that and represents and all of them, them are bougie. Because that's the thing Every about Trader Joe's they, they don't they don't build Trader Joe's in black neighborhoods. So they were going to look at it no, as an, an achievement. No. Like we got look at look at us being a prominent black community because we have this Trader Joe's. And the reality is that's not what the community wanted. What the community wanted was to have their own shit. Yeah, And they have their own plan. That's the other thing I hate. If people come into our communities like, we don't have plans. Like, we don't have our own agendas.
2: Well, What a lot of these people try to do is because they'll do this too. They'll try to serve two gods. So what they'll try to do is pretend that they want to do exactly what the community wants, but then wet their own, like as T would say, wet their beak. Because
3: they got contracts you with the big saying? companies. They got contracts with the developers. They got right. contracts with the city. They or they're trying it like, to get well, them. Well, if
2: I can't wet my beak, then I just don't want to do nothing then. Fuck it. If I ain't going to wet my beak, I ain't doing nothing.
1: Yeah, yeah. I'm going to take my ball and go home.
2: Yep. I'll take my ball and go home. And that's exactly what they did.
1: But but you know, something you guys said that that I think is very true is that a lot of this stuff is a trend, whether it's like we can't love black women enough thing or whatever. They have all these different trends. But what I think is I think in one way, this is all a trend is going to pass. And I think in another way, it's uh, permanent. And the part that I think is permanent is not the content. But the form, like the structure, like mm. I feel like oh, this, yeah. new, yep. yeah. this new cronyism, this new um, nonprofit style grift but applied to everything, yep. it's going to be like plug and play. You can just plug in whatever the new trend is, whether tomorrow be a stop Asian hate and Asian women. Like, for example, I saw this article that was really bad. I posted it. Uh, uh, yesterday on Twitter where this woman wrote an article that was like uh, you know how the Atlanta shootings of those Asian women has um, ruined my online dating I experience. saw that I was disgusted. Yeah, that
3: was disgusting That was. she was should disgusting. be ashamed of herself
1: but, but the funny thing is that's been black writing for like, since 2014 and like, all of them you know, niggas sound
3: disgusting <laughs>
1: yeah yeah that's been like black writing since 2014 like here's all this stuff that's been happening to black people getting shot in the street and also here's some microaggressions that happened to me at work you know wait, in the same wait, article. Wait, wait. And, so and this what, is what i really want to talk about but i'm pretending i want to talk about slavery and jim crow what's the
4: deal like, with we've the, been doing that mm-hmm? i missed that what, what was the deal with
1: the what, <laughs> oh okay so, so so, so either, she, she had this article. Okay, she had this article that, and it was like, you know what? The headline is so good. Let me just put... Because this is one of the worst ones I've seen as far as headlines giving the game away. But the headline was so bad that i'm gonna go go and find the headline but um what was interesting about it was it was the typical type of article that you know you we've had to put up within black spaces for like the longest time uh even though i think she was a little too clumsy with it but our articles are always like uh here's a history lesson on black wall street jim crow all this stuff and now I'm gonna use it to talk about some stupid lifestyle. uh, yeah, how I can't that,
2: get how I can't get white dick. Yeah, exactly exactly. <laughs> like,
1: like, oh, that, like that man. type of shit. Oh man. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I'm like, wow, even as the players change, this system, this structure, like this cronyism, this um like like blue checkism is its own group. It's his own mindset that transcends your race, your gender, you know, this blatant uh okay, here it is. I found it. Um The headline was, um, I'm opening it now, Fear and Longing. Online dating as an Asian woman got even worse after Atlanta. You know, uh, and she didn't even say what Atlanta means. She didn't say after the Atlanta shooting. just after Atlanta. That's not much of an afterthought.
3: At first uh, I thought she is. meant the TV show. I literally was like, <laughs> something happened to Asian women on t- on the show? Like, I really didn't know.
1: Yeah, I was curious myself too. She said after Atlanta. Then you look at it just about her, uh, how the shooting of the Asian women has uh, ruined her online dating with white guys. You know what I mean? <laughs> that's just basically it. And there's the same usual crap, like talking about uh white guys with a fetishism and all this stuff. And, and my thing is like, okay, I agree with you about the idea that you know these white guys might be fetishizers, but if you're only dating white guys, then how do you not have a fetish? I don't even understand. Like, like, you know, I always find that kind of weird, but uh she she goes she goes on and she's clearly like got a lot of problems. Like, and I'm like, I can see why. These guys probably not dating you. Like you got a lot of self-esteem <laughs> issues. And she at one point in the thing tries to use um she tries to use the death of the Asian women as a way to kind of get uh kind of dating pity from a white guy. Like, 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 listen to this part. She goes, um, I craved okay, this goes the same week, the guy I was dating uh, met with his ex and Unraveled. He said he needed time to clear his head. I guess she was dating some guy. My, the implication I got was that the guy is probably white and and it was going well and everything. Then like the shooting happened. The, the same week the shooting happened, the guy said that he um, met with his ex and unraveled and needed time to clear his head, which I think is his way of like, you know, I don't want to continue this. Maybe the ex was even an excuse. Who knows? But she goes, the same week, you know, as the shooting, the guy I was dating met with his ex and unraveled. He said he needed time to clear his head. I knew I couldn't ask anything of him. I didn't know him well enough. But I wanted him to care about me as a human being, to see and care about the bright pain of my new heartbreak. Meaning, I think the new heartbreak of the six Asian women dying. Like, like the main thing she could think about is getting this white guy to um, care about her in light of the, these six Asian women getting killed by a white guy, I guess. Maybe she wanted to be reaffirmed or that... that White men still love Asian women? I don't know. Um, And the immense weight pressing against my lungs as I carried myself through my days pretending nothing was wrong. I created a response from someone even if I had to provoke one. I made a dark joke inviting him out to watch me drink until I could forget how disposable I was in this country.
3: Okay. What? What? Let me interject here. Let me yes, yes, interject.
0: yes. Weird, man. Yes.
1: yes, that's, yes that's, 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 <laughs> the main,
4: that's the worst <laughs> Sorry, part. So You're picking the right, picking time, the right time, time to interject. Oh, my God. Where to start? Okay. That is the worst time to try and bring about any type of heavy subject matter because you're in the puppy love phase. Like in that stage of a relationship, dating, whatever, like y'all are smashing, you're going out, you're having fun, you're in puppy love, whatever. You're not thinking about heavy topics and and dark jokes and all that kind of shit like that's not your mindset so when people try to push it that fast and get heavy that tends to make people back off especially for men i know for a fact men tend to back off when if things get too heavy too fast you know what i'm saying so that's to be expected that that would happen to that person then you're being weird at that I don't. Yeah, Especially but he seems that, to be turned but,
1: off even before then.
3: Right. But also, why are you trying to draw blood from a stone? Like he's white. Like, what did you think? Like, that's the kind of shit you seek in, from community. Like, if I want to type... The reason why I like black men is so when I see a video like George Floyd, I can go to my partner and weep in his, you know, and talk about it and have somebody I can talk to about who's going to understand. I I might not even have to say anything. He might bring it up. You know what I mean? But that's why you, I date people that I can connect with. Why are you with someone and expecting this white person to somehow magically have some insight into your Asianness it doesn't work like that's insane to me
1: but, but no I'll take it one step further I think even if the guy is Asian that's a weird joke as in why are you gonna try to guilt somebody using well yeah that's the a weird joke people?
3: well yeah that's because you're a weirdo she's a weirdo
1: yeah yeah, yeah yeah see like my problem with her is that she's using real systemic tragedy. And just using it in the most narcissistic way, like, hey, you know, a bunch of Asian people died today, so you should give me a date, you know? It's almost like preying on the person's, like, white guilt. Like, yeah, it it's weird. It to Asian per- yeah, but that's what these people, their whole art is like that. They only care about black tragedy to the point that it will get them, like, pity attention. love or yeah. pity yeah. Attention, I, I attention, if, attention from, 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 from white, from white normal, people. it's, like, bro, so it's like, like,
4: like if 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 I'm talking to a girl... And it's been a month or two, whatever. And, like, the first thing she starts talking about is this weird, heavy subject matter. I probably don't think she she kind of weird, bro. You know what I'm saying? But, like, but at least at least it's, it's weird
1: enough if it's a, your own thing. Like, you know, yeah, I, I guess you don't want to come date me. You know, I guess the only people who ever pay attention to me with the uncles that molested me. Like, that would be weird and too heavy. But at least it would be your own trauma. You know, like this is a like double bad because Some it's money, really yeah. heavy. But you're stealing your your community's trauma, your people's trauma, and instead of using it to bond with them, you're using it to try to get cheap some drinks on a date like it like it's 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 really like tacky it, it would be like bringing up someone like uh yeah well you know your people didn't slave us so i guess it's it's one more thing to just not show up to this date you know let's just wow. bring up something yeah
3: that sounds like some <laughs> shit that people would say though i feel like I, <laughs> you,
1: you, your people enslaved me so you owe me this relationship you know this is reparations oh, oh, they'll call it reparations exactly jinx we said at the I same know. time yeah <laughs> yeah they call everything reparations that crowd with white people to kind of guilt them like you should pay them my venmo you know you know, as reparations oh i had sex with a hot white guy reparations that's what these people think they can't they're so narcissistic they can't
3: oh man it's like appreci- when those black guys would say shit like oh i'm i'm giving it back i think nick cannon even said some dumb shit like that like somehow oh, yeah like what is it like getting their revenge on the slave master by you know fucking his daughter <laughs>
2: yeah some of the dumb <laughs> that's why they man when i see nick cannon on TV with that turban <laughs> yeah you <know, shut>
3: <laughs> <laughs> Fucking
2: dusty bummy ass nigga, man. Yeah, yeah when so he said that, I was, that, I was like,
1: "Wow." I'm just gonna finish the rest of the paragraph real quick. So she goes, "I made a dark joke, inviting him out to watch me drink until I could forget how disposable I was in this country." So she's using like the the attacks to try to get this guy to come out to date her, who's clearly not interested anymore. Why don't and
3: you just say, oh, hey, I, I need to get out. I had, you know, this this whole thing. kind of got me fucked up. Let's go out and get some drinks." And the
1: funny thing is, that type of shit that she was doing is probably why he. Was losing interest because she was probably already doing weird shit like that, and she didn't realize it was weird. And she was, and then when it's done, she's gonna be like, "Oh, so he didn't like me because I'm Asian?" Because I think that Asian happens hate. a lot. I think that happens yeah. a lot
3: with people. They think they'll yeah. attribute, and, and I'm and I'm not even gonna say just divesters. I think in general that's something people probably just do. We think, oh, mm-hmm. it's, it, it's something that has to confirm a bias we already have about ourselves, right? Oh, he didn't like yeah. me because I was so fat, not because I was depressing on the fucking date. <laughs> you
0: know? Yeah, yeah,
1: exactly. Even if I was even. For the reason why I was depressed is because I was fat, you know. Right. Uh, but still, <laughs> but still, if I'm I actually was a happy him. fat, yeah, if I was a happy fat person, I might have he might have liked it, you know. You never know. <laughs> right.
3: Yeah, well, he clearly yeah. liked you enough to ask you out in the first fucking place. So
1: Ex- exactly. So it goes he responded gently, which I mistook for care, even in this tepid response of I'm sorry you feel that way. Shit's not right. There was more softness than what anyone had extended to me at the time. I thought maybe, I thought that if I showed compassion toward his circumstance, maybe he'd return it. So he so says, she's in this weird thing where, first off, what can he say? You know, like, that's a heavy, that's the thing she was talking to about politicians, to other Asian people, to lawmakers, not to, like, the person you're dating. What else can he say except, wow, that's messed up. I feel bad. Like, what would have made her happy? Like, you know, if he had sex with her, would that have been okay? That would have been... Yeah, because that's weird in and of itself that you're trading these people's struggle for sex. And that was, like, my big problem with, like, uh, slave play was that the thing had no reason to be about slavery. It was really about just dating white people today and yep. and you could have just made it about that but you had to borrow that emotional response so you basically reduced hundreds of years of antebellum slavery and bondage to just uh, a cheap vehicle to talk about your current dating anxieties and, and that's what i
2: it's, it's like the difference it's like when you watch and i know a lot of people have never I, I don't know why nope everybody said they haven't seen this but it's like watching spike lee's jungle fever you know what I'm saying? He made his point about interracial relationships in Jungle Fever. These motherfuckers have no creativity. They're not very good at anything. They just have a lot of uh, white validation and white money behind them and ass kissing. So they're able to just put out trash. You know what I'm saying?
3: And I think yeah. there's an agenda behind it. I don't think any of this shit's an accident. I, I just when I start to see the same pattern, no, it's on purpose. When I start to see the same pattern happening over and over again in the same spaces, like TV and television, I feel like there's definitely an agenda behind it. Because otherwise, why is? Because it's like when it's like whenever you look back at something thirty years later, twenty years later, you'll find out like, oh, this was this CEO got in charge and this network went a whole new direction. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? That shit's always planned and created. Like that shit's never an accident. And nothing in TV and media is ever. Um, um, just off, like it's almost always planned. Like it's almost like these people a have strategy. a, temp,
2: a t- uh, like a temper tantrum to get white ass. It's almost like <laughs> I exactly want white me. ass so bad, I'm willing to make a slave play. Damn it, yeah, yeah. slave master. I'll turn this me. Atlanta I'm shooting <laughs> into into a way to get white ass. To and then too, pretend, like, but, like but, but
3: the part tantrum. that pisses me off is that they will try to pretend like it's some sort of depth to it that we're all yeah. missing, and that you know we just don't get it. We're just not smart enough to get it. We don't want to address the real shit. We we're not ready to talk about this. And then somehow it's blaming black men for something. And And, (laughs) it's pretty much
1: always. You know, what's interesting about this too, right? Was, um, she talks about that. She tried to go, she gives a paragraph giving a reason why she didn't date any Asian guys. And she said like, Oh, the three Asian guys kind of flaked on her and whatever reason. I think it was just a throwaway thing to, um, you know, anticipation of a question. Right. But, I think it's supposed to make us feel like, oh, well, you know, Asian guys don't want me, so I had to do this. But I think probably those Asian guys probably saw her type...
3: Hmm? oh you're about to make the same pause if these Asian men don't want you either that's probably has nothing to do with race they just don't like you uh,
1: yeah yeah. Bro, and I was gonna say oh, hold on I just wanna finish this part real quick I was just gonna say that they they probably have seen her type before and they're like oh okay this is like uh, one of those girls that you know uh, has all these kind of issues and is just trying to talk to a couple of Asian guys as a as a kind of like you know token attempt or whatever or maybe uh. like maybe they saw the craziness earlier than than the white guys did because they um, know your type from before
2: i was just about to say yeah. that and these people tell on themselves and so they're wondering why they're sitting here lonely and single did you just not would you just reread what yeah, you just everybody wrote? can see
4: you know what i'm saying <laughs> Yeah. but the, the lack of self-awareness is self-awareness is a key trait of maturity i feel like right and so if you're in a in a perpetual because now the new thing everybody's starting to understand is your teenage years are now being in this new generation your teenage years are being extended into your 30s and shit to your 30s,
0: to so 30s. yeah, yeah. Chuck D. yeah he
4: said that but i think that that yeah. Yeah. that thought process cut back Kind of probably precedes him because he's the first person I ever heard said, but apparently it's been out there for like social sociologists and stuff like that have been kind of looking at this trend for a while. You can see it with people like this. Just the lack of self awareness in a lot of these people is 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 unbelievable, man. And it, it reeks of teenage angst. Like
3: yes, I, I think
1: it's a lack of self awareness, but also a lack of scale. Like it's a it's a it's a, uh an epidemic now of people who just don't understand one of these things is not like the other like slavery is not like you know you not getting your uh black boyfriend to watch uh scandal with you on tuesdays like it's not it's not the same thing the holocaust is not the same as you know um your gen x boredom like they have these these novels and books now where they just take these horrible catastrophic things and it's like the people have no idea how to actually connect humans and have empathy and understand the depth of real problems maybe they didn't have enough real problems growing up so they disguise it by pretending to talking about this big thing but switching it to something trivial and and boring and you know the funny thing is maybe if he just did a story about the trivial boring thing that you wanted to do like just make the new version of something new or the new version of jungle fever and just talk about what you really want to talk about you know maybe something interesting will come out of it instead of you trying to pretend that you're talking about something deeper and you end up doing both of the things that this disju- uh, uh disjustice or uh, injustice like it's not a good exploration of slavery and it's also not a good uh It's not a good introspection of the modern problem either. You just kind of just did two things of disservice in a half-ass mishmash. Like like when I watched something like Underground Railroad, which I wasn't able to finish, it was like I didn't really feel any connection to the slavery part because it's just people getting whipped all day and beautiful colors and nice um, craning shots and reverse shots and all this stuff. And then you switch it to some stupid um, modern presentist point and because you don't really know which one you really want to talk about you end up having no introspection in either and it's just a big waste of time
3: i think all that should be like that though I feel like, because I don't know if it's, I don't know how intentional it is, but I feel like everything is like that, especially when it comes to serious topics that matter when it comes to black people. It's like, it's like, it's almost sabotage to be watered down in that way. So you don't have to have any introspection. You don't have to have anything that you have to walk away with where you have to actually begin to even question yourself and your own ideas, even as a black person. That doesn't happen. Yeah.
1: Yeah. But even the white stuff is losing that now. Like there was a big trend of like these, um, these holocaust novels that were just really like twee and and cutesy you know what i mean like yeah, this guy, weird. yeah where it's like somebody's grandfather went to the holocaust and it's flashbacks to the holocaust and then it flashes forward to a hipster living in brooklyn and having like you know a midlife crisis you know and it's like trying to make some weird connection between the two because these people their only idea for anything is to try to make the black version of what they're white friends or white peers are doing i think a lot of these new black works that pretend to be drawn from the tradition of james baldwin and all these things are really just drawn from these white yuppie brooklyn novels and they're just slapping on some slavery or jim crow onto it it feels more like wes anderson and shit than anything from like a real gordon parks tradition (laughs) 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 <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: I, I never
1: heard of any of that. <laughs> West Anderson well, you gotta learn a lot of it during the during the white canon, because because all that stuff is on the white canon. Oh. <laughs> oh,
0: okay. But- Good.
4: <laughs> you got a lot to catch up on
1: because yeah Vita's yeah. gonna... yeah. good because she doesn't know about any of this stuff so you get a f- <laughs> true like uh unfiltered opinion that's why i was like having Vita on those episodes
3: man i don't you know what's funny i don't even i'm not i've never been a big movie person in general so i'm not a movie buff i'm even late with some black movies but in general i'm pretty up on all the like black movies that black people know that white people might not know and I never even thought about the fact that, that we have our own circle of shit that's big to us, but not big outside of us. People I thought were hugely famous my whole life, you ask a white person, like I, asked, I said something about, oh, I'm going to a Jill Scott concert. It was a lady I was nannying for. and She's like, who's Jill Scott? I said what? Like it just totally blew my mind. You don't know who Jill, but she's never heard of Jill Scott. How the fuck would she know? Jill Scott's a fucking a icon in black music. I don't know she is outside of that. So Did you I didn't black.
1: Re- let Go ahead. I thought you were done. Go on.
3: No, I was going to say, I, I didn't even, It's so watching that, so being in the part of that series is a trip, because I'm looking at this list of movies, and I'm like, I didn't even know most of these movies even existed, and they're apparently hugely popular. I mentioned Reality Bites to my old roommate, and when um, and I was kicking it with her, and I was telling her about the White Cannon series, and actually, she was a little offended. She was like, you don't have any good white movies to watch? Because I told her the ones that I watched, and she's <laughs> talk, she said, why would they make you watch Reality Bites? Oh my God, that's like one of the worst movies
4: <laughs> Wait, is she white and I
3: ha- no, she's black, oh, but okay. she's uh she works in T V and film. She works for Netflix actually. Oh,
4: okay. And so oh, but, uh, oh,
1: oh, but but that's like that movie's iconic to white people. White people love that movie. They have huge retrospectives of that movie and I
3: special, learned that on the show when um yeah. one of the guests had said that and I was just like, I never even heard of this shit. I feel like I remember seeing the commercial for it, but it definitely wasn't something I was like, Oh, can we get you know, asking my parents for tickets to go see it. I just couldn't see that being the case. My mom was mad, she was like, Why they got you watching that? A good cover. Coming of age story is Crooklyn. She's like, "Well, you should be watching Crooklyn." <laughs>
4: <laughs> you know what? Shame <laughs> with me. I've never watched Crooklyn.
3: That's the same thing my, my my homegirl said. It's a great movie. I, it's one of my favorite movies. I know a, a lot of
4: the movies. kids in my neighborhood. They they all quoted and every, with quoted and every. Oh, I just so for shit. whatever reason I never watched it. The art. What movie is that?
3: Crooklyn. It's a Spike Lee. Oh yeah, yeah. That movie's good. Yeah, yeah I it's, never it's, watched it. I never best. watched it either. It's probably the best one, Spike Lee movie to me. It's
2: one of his best movies, yeah, because yeah. yeah, it it's nothing, it's and it's good.
3: nothing like the other ones. So if you're, no, one no, of, no, it's, it's not. It's, it's, it has. Go ahead, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, there's a
4: few black movies that, that are iconic black movies that I haven't watched.
1: We're going to do a black, we're going to do a black canon too. And, and I want to do Belly. Oh yeah, I'm, that's going to be tight. I want to do Belly for the first, I want to do Belly for the first Oh, one. Belly's a
3: good one. I've seen Belly. The, the reason
1: why, the reason why I wanted to start with the white canon is because I feel like people take it for granted that black culture um, doesn't translate outside of the black community. But I think uh, white, white people especially always assume that their stuff is universal and that their movies are just normal movies that everyone likes but like foreign <laughs> movies are just for foreign people so I like the idea of you know kind of showing how authorized or how that, that white people have a culture no matter how much they try to pretend that they don't you know and that it's yeah. as idiosyncratic yeah, yeah, it is might, idi- might be kind of
2: weird
3: even on yeah, that yeah, show it's like the
2: movie uh, the movie Clerks like I, m- Clerks came out in 1994 I'd never seen that movie until last year yeah I was and grown. that shit is funny as yeah, fuck It's funny. funny. I, yeah.
3: I actually I saw that I think I was in college because I had never heard of it. And then, like, these white people were, like, telling me about it. And I was like, oh, let me check it out. So I checked it out. And it was actually surprisingly funny because most of the shit they tell me was funny. I didn't think it was funny. I didn't think Blazing like, Saddles Office was Space. funny. I remember
2: I, had a, I, I remember I had some friends. It was this white girl. She was always trying to get us to watch Office Space. And me, I'm like, man, I ain't trying to watch that white shit. I never watched it. Then I finally watched it. Like, man, this shit is actually funny. You yeah, because yeah, white people usually give bad list.
3: recommendations, though. Because white people tell me Blazing Saddles is funny, and I don't think that shit's that funny. Nah, yeah,
2: they love Blazing Saddles. And
3: I don't think that shit's yeah, funny at all.
2: And Slap Shot. Yeah, that's another
0: one. Slap Shot is on.
1: Slapshot is on there. Tin
4: cup, they love Tin cup. Black movies. I've never watched Love Jones. I've never seen I'm Love never seen Jones. It. I've never seen Love Jones either. Oh, or Brown Sugar. I brown brown Sugar. I've never seen Brown good. Sugar.
0: Love, sugar. Jones no. love Jones is trash. Pretend- love was Jones bad. is that was that was
2: around the time of that. Uh, you know, that bohemian, that era. And yeah. I was, I was gangbanging. I didn't really care.
4: <laughs> yeah, didn't that yeah. all Love come... Love Jones in? was pretentious as hell. Oh, is it really? It is
1: all right. Yeah, yeah. But, but Love Jones was really pretentious. I was not uh, crazy about that. I had been to spaces like that because in, in college, that trend entered college. And even then, I was like, this is such bullshit. People are actually buying into this stuff. Then they made a whole movie on the it. Poetry, <laughs> the poetry, the black poetry scene
3: and all that stuff. Oh, Yeah. The, I there was a
1: all spot. The brother, all the brothers wear leather yeah,
2: jackets. Yeah, yeah. All the women got afros and burning incense. Yeah, there
0: was a
1: spot in Brooklyn <laughs> called Brooklyn Moon. It still exists, but it's not like that anymore. But that was where they introduced snapping. Leather as,
2: jackets and turtlenecks.
1: It, yeah, instead of clapping, you would snap your fingers. Oh, so after God. someone did a oh. poem, they'd like, snap,
2: snap, snap. <laughs> it was really that's what that's where that's that's them dusty ass dudes <laughs> be online, they be online talking <laughs> that queen see, sister see, oh, queen.
3: literally yeah. a <laughs> <"Try, laughs>
1: As I
4: knew. Listen, class, clap, 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 snap, 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 real, snap. real quick. There's
3: literally a guy out here in LA in South Central who goes oh, to the poetry man. spots. It was one spot in particular that uh called Natural High that I used to go to every week and almost every other week this negro be in there the same guy. He did the same poem and it, it was long as fuck. Like it was like it had to be like a 10 to 15 minute poem. Right, oh, she was no. long as fuck, and it—it it was literally one of those my black queen poems. Like it was all about black queen of the universe, and she's the star <laughs> of the sky, you know all this shit, right? But the, the, the fucked up part is it was actually a really great poem. Like it was really well written. It was well done. But he just—it was at least it was. Good. it was good but 15 it was minutes? so long and then <laughs> afterwards but you could always tell the girls who were new to the spot because they had never heard it before they flocked mm. to him after the after he got off the stage and all that the was like his fly
1: flypaper that was literally yeah. his thing
3: yeah and it, no matter yeah. what mi- open mic you went to if you saw him you knew a poem he was doing and you knew all the girls who never heard it before were gonna flock to that negro
1: and the worst thing about a dude like that that is was that your time you really to go, go get right.
4: intersection yeah, intercession that was time to go get something that, some snacks or something huh? when he <laughs>
0: listen
1: I started
3: buying food if he cared did.
1: about his craft he could have made a whole book of poems but instead he probably just cared about that one good poem right. and getting as much oh, ass as he, he could oh, have this is a, coochie, oh this yeah. is the
3: thing though he oh, just yeah. gives us part one of the same poem he has like three parts to that poem
0: oh god and, and I only
3: know poem. there's other parts because I went to another event and he did like the second part in addition to the first part and I was like oh my god why do they keep giving this guy the microphone
1: that's why I never like common because when I was in college there we were a lot of dudes like him and he had that vibe of, I know you're a dog, but you're just gonna keep working this uh, angle, this identity. You know what I mean? To uh, be fake deep. So when he came out and did that thing about you had to extend a helping hand to white people, and I was like, I'm not surprised, because I never believed you had yeah, any that shit real deep thoughts. Me about anything
3: see he was part of my 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 activist development growing up you know him that whole little movement was hot when i was in high school so like
1: most most definitely yeah quality
3: most dead press, the roots all that shit that was like my whole thing in high school so i was like what the fuck is this and i didn't know you know i'm i've never been to chicago so i don't know like the culture i don't know how he fits in that you know but yeah I, i and I had never gone out. It was like I was out at the bars or the clubs or the cafes, yet I was in high school, you know? So I didn't know. But, man, that shit shocked the fuck out of me. And he's so corny now. It's just, it bothers me now. Now that I hear certain oh, he was, songs like Go, yeah. I'm like, oh, okay, he was clearly a hoe, and we just didn't pay no attention.
4: Yeah, he's, he's, yeah. he's totally a cornball. Like, I never I never realized that. But
1: Yeah, I just went to, too many, to school with too many people like him. So I just felt he was a cornball from like the beginning. I feel like in New
3: York, that was definitely a thing.
4: Is
1: that right? His type is big in New York.
2: <laughs> you know, Common is, a, uh, you know, because, you know, Chicago's always got that uh, nineteen er, mid-70s vibe. They're always trying to make Chicago seem like that, you know, long Cadillacs, leather jackets, yeah. turtlenecks. Yeah. That's how Common tries to come across it. He's the Chicago nigga that's just... You know what I'm saying? You know, totally down. He got his leather. You know, they got that brown tan leather jacket, you know, yeah. with the waist belt. You know, one of them type niggas. Uh, got a, you know, got an apple oh, hat,
4: hat got an apple hat.
2: Hutch. Soul,
4: soul, brother. star star Hutch niggas.
1: Sh- sh- Chicago always <laughs> yeah. had this, like, interesting Isaac Hayes. Of, like of, like, gangsterism. Yeah, Isaac Hayes. Gangsterism Trump and, and ass bohemianism. Ass <laughs> and I feel like he was trying to be in that tradition,
0: man.
3: I never thought about that, but you're right. Because like, that, that is sort of the vibe you get about Chicago. Black Chicago, at least. It's like this mix of gangsterism plus bohemianism. bohemianism. Yeah. That's a good description. I'm going to go to Chicago this year, y'all. I've never been before, and I'm so excited.
2: Oh, dude. This is Chicago is a place where you be in a nice neighborhood and go around one corner, and you see niggas shooting dice and fighting. Yes, that just, it's super segregated.
3: It's a really interesting
1: place. I've never it's seen it place. It's segregated. Yet. I mean,
3: it's, that kind of makes me think of like the difference between like ladera heights and the other side yeah yeah
4: <laughs> uh, we're from la we that that, that la county la proper is, is
3: like there's the part where you yeah. got shot and then there's literally like a, a few blocks up it's
1: Right, exactly. Like it's. it's <laughs> i was on the train i was on the train right and i had misread the sign because the signs there are different than in in, in new york like i thought the sign met the final stop. So we had to go to this stop in a place called River North, right? So we, we get off the plane and we get on the train and everything. And there's nothing but like white people on the train and everything. And I swear at the stop that um, we were supposed to get off at, right? Um, in River North, all the white people just got out. We we're just And suddenly <laughs> nothing but black people went in. And we're like, okay, you know, whatever. And we just kept riding and we were just, from the, from the next stop forward, we were clearly in the hood. Wow! And I, I've never seen anything change from a stop to stop like that. And then then I realized we were off at the wrong stop. So I got off and got on the other side to go back the other way. And there's people <laughs> with, like, face and neck tattoos and all types of, you know, whatever. The people were chill. Like, they wasn't, like, threatening or anything. But it just had a different look. And so when, when we went back in, the exact thing happened in reverse. <laughs> all the black people got off right before or at the stop. You know, and nothing but white people went, came on uh, when we arrived back. So I'm That's like, okay, it, it wasn't a fluke.
3: Wow. Yeah, Midwest segregation is like, to me, the most interesting segregation. Like, I, LA segregated, but Midwestern segregation to me is always a trip. Because it's almost like the South, <laughs> but it's not the South. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Well, I mean, if you in Chicago or Illinois, you ain't that far from some country shit because Kentucky is
3: right Man, down the way. I know. Indiana
1: and Kentucky. My family Shoot. from
3: St. Louis. I know. Hmm.
1: Martin Luther King himself said that out of all the marching he ever did in the worst places of the South, no, Chicago. Place, no place was bad to him in Chicago when it came to races. Yeah. Yeah. You, you can look up the quote. Yeah. It's crazy. You know, L.A. is
4: weird when it comes to that. That those dividing lines, because like I, I don't feel like there's a clear. What do you think, Vinny? You think it's like a clear dividing line where? Nah. Like, it's not, huh? It's kind of more. It, it's
3: probably it, harder it with driving too. It, fades it fades in and out. It fades in and
4: out. out. Yeah, it yeah. definitely. So it's does. like you wouldn't even yeah.
3: realize you in like, for example, you would be driving down Crenshaw, and you want you you be you could be in literally Wilshire. And Crenshaw, white, white, white. Go keep going south. It starts turning more black and Latino. You keep going south, it's Asian. Like, right. <laughs> right. Go, right, 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 right. right. Yeah. Yeah. On Crenshaw, and it, but it blends in and out, you know. So it's not. Yeah, it's definitely different. It's segregated. You can move.
2: You can you can move around. You have movement. Yeah, in LA, yeah. In L.A. County, there's movement. To whereas in, in Chicago, there ain't no movement.
3: The, I would say the only the biggest fighter you could. would probably be the 10 freeway and even that's more blended because you have more latinos you know what i mean that kind of blend that area in
1: yeah that was a good one man thanks everybody for uh coming out i'm glad we uh, made this happen yes sir all right everybody take care Peace. peace all right peace.